1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 45 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, where this week we're going to be looking back and deciding the 10 most iconic goals of all time.
2: Is Jagielka? Oh, I say,
1: what a strike! And it's my and, and our pleasure to welcome two guests onto the, the show today, live on Skype. So we're, we're all looking absolutely fantastic on this Easter Sunday. Pete's wearing is at again, um, indoors. Um, but welcome to, I've been on, on the show once before each, I think. And it's uh, Baz from Sophie TV and, and Phil Haywood as well. He's also coming on the, uh, the Camel Coach Home. Fellas, thanks a lot for coming on and, and taking some time out on, on Easter Sunday.
2: Cheers, cheers for the invite. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.
1: I know uh, I know Phil's been busy this, this last week doing uh, doing quite a few polls along the uh, along yeah. the way, I've seen uh, which has caused yep. quite a quite a bit of debate, which is which <laughs> has been good, which has been good, you know. Everton fans split as as per usual. Right. Um but like I said, we we're, we're looking to try and narrow down to the, the ten most iconic Everton goals of all time. We we put a few things on Twitter this week, if, you know, videos of goals and asking people and what have you. And you know, there's the so much discussion and so much opinion on this kind of subject as as always. But we've tried it as a collective five over the course of the last last few days and last week to to get sort of fifteen goals to narrow it down to ten. So let let's let, let's give it a go and let let's sort of start from the areas goal we've got written down. And it's it's that famous that famous goal from, 1966 in at we- uh, Wembley against Sheffield when it's two 0 down, we get back to two all and in Derek Temple capitalises on a on a defensive m- mistake goes through and and slots to win a 3-2 three, three, win.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. well, it's, it's it's an iconic goal because, obviously. It's an, well, you just said it there. It's an FA Cup final, first and foremost. I think that's the first trophy we'd we won, wasn't it, in something like over 30 years as well. I think that's right in saying isn't it.
1: The, the, your last one, the FA Cup, was it 1933? Dixie yeah. Dean's days. Um, so sure, yeah. a, a big, yeah. a
3: big gap, big gap there, yeah. 2 0 down, like you said. And then, uh, I think it was Trabilco, the young lad, got two goals, didn't he? And then, um, obviously Temple went on to get the winner. You look at it and you look at the footage now, obviously, it's been enhanced. Um, and obviously it was a class finish to be fair to him absolute class right in the bottom corner um, but you know it, and, and also it's famous for the famous pitch invader the infamous pitch invader that came on didn't he as well and, and obviously the busy that tried to bring him down which was absolute comedy yeah. um, but it's great to see that isn't it? it's just great to see like the old Wembley there as well filled with blues um, and it, you know massively iconic goal
1: what what are what are your thoughts, Baz thinking back to obviously before your time, I'm sure. I don't want to say that you know you were born in the 60s and like that, you know. Um It's one of those goals, isn't it? Where obviously before all our times and but you hear so much about it and obviously people who traveled that day and, and they saw they saw the goal, the comeback itself. First every cup for thirty-three years. What what are what are your what are your
2: thoughts on that goal making making our top ten and the top ten? Yeah, it's a, it's. I mean, first and foremost, that I, I wasn't born in the sixties, and you're doing a cracking job, of looking older than me. So well played. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the lockdown here. cut that out. I've had to is go through. Like. Yeah, I'm putting it down to it's something. Um, now, obviously, listen for for iconic goals, and you know things like that, to come back, first team ever, to come back and two her down in an FA Cup final and win 3-2, um, like you say, it was a brilliant finish, he hit it a little bit early for my liking, you know, I think he could have gone on another step, but I don't know whether I'd have been too happy with him, now someone's taking a shot from there, but he's took it away well, and, and we had we had the famous pitch invasion, didn't we, from Cavana running on, and Stewart's grabbing him, and riding tackles, and all that, and it's it's definitely one of one of the most you know iconic goals in evidence history. So, it's a worthy uh, a worthy nominee for uh, the most iconic goals for sure.
1: What what are your thoughts, Phil? Are the, are the, any 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 difference to what to what we said already, or are you going to jump on board the no. the Derek Temple tree? Just, just, just
0: echoing what you're saying from from two 0 down um, to win three two is. It's something that's in any game, but in a final, um, you can imagine being in the change room after it. But the, just like you said, echoing what you said, the goal itself. Um definitely iconic in our history anyway. Brilliant, really was.
3: It was almost like Bobby Charlton-esque to strike, didn't yeah. it. He used to yeah, shoot yeah. like that, didn't he? Like yeah. almost both feet off the ground, shooting with the shooting with the laces, right right in the corner. Obviously the balls were a lot heavier then, so you probably had to put yeah. a lot a lot into it in order to get power into it. But um no, it was it was it was a class. Finish. I mean, did he go on to be... On a side, note? we talked about the picture vader, obviously, but didn't he go on to be a steward as well? Thank oh, it that fellow. I'm sure I'd heard
2: that somewhere. Am I just Eddie, making that up? Eddie is Cabana, it, probably. Is it, yeah? It was Eddie yeah. Cabana. He's the fellow who got on. But, or uh, was it? Probably. But what you, like you said, Lee, he, it was very similar to uh, Bobby Charlton's goal against in the yeah. European Cup final in 68th. Yeah. He hit the same kind of shot, didn't he, at in, 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 in the stanchion. This was yeah. a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, just a little bit harder, but yeah, very, very similar. I think, but, I
1: think, I think defensively, it reminded me a little bit of Pete, when we used to play uh, all those years ago at uh, him, That's how we used to uh, go about his business, didn't you, Lee?
2: Marauding <laughs> Saul Campbell—that's what they call me. never <laughs> <laughs> used one? to shoot
3: like that. He's got, he's, he's got feet like Perez. <laughs> He ever yep.
2: smile? He's very moody, Pete. And he he's very moody. He doesn't like <laughs> much
1: things. No, he's, he's a man of few words at times, aren't you? Because you know he's thinking as well. He's got his for Later on, he said before he's not, not yeah. doing not doing roast lamb <laughs> or a bit of roast beef, Pete, on, on the omelette. So a <laughs> bit of a
2: strange choice
1: for Easter Sunday.
2: But... All I have to say is, for so someone will pick you up. It wasn't our first trophy for thirty years. We've we obviously won All a right. trophy. Every, we won a trophy every decade, didn't we? Up until. Yeah. Up until the noughties when we and and now the last 25 years, I think the longest period in our history without winning the trophy. So, before the first FA story, Cup, first yeah. FA Cup for that amount yeah. of time, but there was leagues and stuff like that. Yeah. So, just yeah. so you're not picked up, because some people will want to pick you up on it. Agreed, agreed.
1: Well, let's 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 move let's move swiftly on then. So we we're, we're all agreeing that Derek Temple definitely worthy of a discussion, and you know we we'll narrow it down the top ten surely, but. Let's move on to the to the, uh, the 70s again, well before my time. I think, Lee, Lee you, were, you were born, weren't you, Lee, in the 70s, you and Pete?
3: I'm going to try and not swear there, mate. No, I
1: wasn't. Oh, uh... weren't you? Both, I thought you were both 70s kids. <laughs> He's now, loving okay. this here. I'm, just, I'm here. just asking. I'm just asking. So the, the 70s, then, the, the, the sole representative we've got for the 70s. And it might seem a little bit strange in terms of the goal itself because the goal itself was a penalty. But it was, uh, it was Bob Latchford's 30th goal of the season. Um, and it, we, we, someone brought it up the other day on, on Twitter, this one. Uh, again, you know, with, with it being a penalty, you think, you know, can it be iconic? But at that time, and for what it actually meant for him, scoring thirty goals, there was money on it, wasn't it? He, he won money on, on it as well from a, a mm-hmm. newspaper. And you know, it, was, it was a big, massive, big, massive story. Um, is, it, is it enough? To make a top ten list of our goals of all time.
3: But was it definitely a penalty?
2: Yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, against Chelsea, wasn't it? He needed two goals. It was we, we beat them six nil, didn't we? And yeah. you needed two to get ten grand. And yeah. I actually, I actually interviewed Bob about it, and he, he said the end that we were about four grand in the end. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't what it was made out to be. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it was two goals and it was a penalty. I mean, it's it's iconic in in the fact of what was on it. I mean, I'm amazed, not amazed, lads, because that's a bit harsh. I'm surprised <laughs> you missed out. I'm surprised he missed Andy King's volley in '78 against Liverpool, which was a, a very iconic goal. first win against them for years and uh, policemen stopping King from talking when he come off the pitch and everything. It was a a worldie. but I was I was a kid for both of these, so I was. What when Latford got this, I was six, so I don't remember it. I remember, I remember my dad and, and the uncles being quite excited about something, but I was too young to, uh, to really have any meaning. But 30 goals, 30 league goals, wasn't it? So, an incredible feat. And for it was people, unheard, who,
3: it was unheard of, then, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think I, I spoke to my dad about it. My dad's one of my dad's heroes was, was Bob Latchford. He said he was an absolute, you know, absolute animal, had a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. scored some cracking goals um, and obviously that was you know iconic in the fact that it did get a bit of notoriety in the fact that you know the newspaper I mean, d- didn't know he was taxed 60% on it though <laughs> um, Yeah, but, um, but Davey Thomas needs to mention as well won't because my dad used to go on about him as well being a, a top player very two footed if you look at that goal again it's sorry, not, not the actual penalty but there's another goal where he's, mm-hmm. he's laid on so many goals for him over the years yeah, yeah.
2: no um, shin pads socks around his ankles yeah. Running down that wing and throwing crosses in, yeah, yeah, top player. Um, but no, yeah, I think it
3: deserves a mention in terms of obviously the status of who Bob was as well, wasn't he? Because he, you know, mm-hmm. he was would you go as far as to say was he the Duncan Ferguson of his day, of his era? Would you say that
2: he, pro- he probably was? Scored a lot of goals, didn't he? Almost came back as well. It was uh, he told me that it was a, a our Kendall had said it was a toss up between him and Andy Gray right. in '83, and he spoke to Bob. And he spoke to Andy and he decided to go with Andy Gray and, and obviously that turned out fantastically well for Andy Gray and for Everton. Um Bob had already been sold off and ended up was at Swansea at the time, so very interesting. But yeah, he, he was an idol for a lot of Evertonians who were who were, you know, giving it the big one in the seventies, needing someone to score the goals and Bob was the Bob was very much the man. Big
3: head. Didn't he? Mm. Well Lashford. he'd be in trouble now in quarantine. He'd come out
2: looking like a womble, wouldn't he? <laughs> he loved that perm. He had the perm at one stage. I don't know what he was thinking, but there you go. Because don't <laughs> always let my firm. clippers there,
1: Pete, to be honest with you. My my clippers are doing their arms. Now Andy wanted them last week, didn't he? Just said um it was getting a little bit long. El eh? So they they're doing their yeah, and, and,
2: and Andy looks like the Fonz now. Samwell oh, Samwell Samuel Charlie. <laughs> he's loving it. <laughs> Samwell Tarley that's a great show. Oh, He gave him give Andy Lopes a He's a
1: good lad, <laughs> Samuel Tarley. That's class. Yeah. That. But in, in regards to that goal, then, because you, you brought up Andy King there, and that was another one that was, that was mentioned to me. Uh, another, another, another classic. So <coughs> maybe the decision here to make for the seven seasons is what do, do we think that Bob Latchford should maybe be trumped by the Andy King goal or. Like I said before, is your thirtieth league goal from the penalty spot? Good enough to, to take a spot. What What are your thoughts, Phil?
0: That, um, like you said, in that era, to score thirty goals wasn't heard of. Um, again, in, in itself, if, if anyone in the team now got thirty goals, would be raving over it. Do you know what I mean? So back then, when it wasn't heard of, um, I, I would I would put it in there for me. Say I know it's a penalty, but there's a lot of pressure on at 0-0 isn't that to make it 1-0 or 2-0 to make it 3-0 I think I think so anyway
1: I think it's maybe something then that we'll, we'll we'll mark it down and then as we go through the list if we feel that we that the Andy King one could maybe come in and replace another one then we'll we'll come back to it I
3: think for uh, 30 goals it should definitely be in yeah. for me just for that for that reason alone it? do you know what I mean never mind the fact it was a pen it's more about what it represented doesn't it do you yeah. know what I mean
1: yeah, there's there's more to it, isn't there? There's more to it than just what that goal, how that goal came about. There's a lot more to the story than he actually scored 29 goals before that. So it's it was a big it was a big thing, wasn't it? So yeah. let's 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 fast forward then because one of the well you know our most successful years you know in the 1980s, where we, we won a lot of things. We had a great side, we had a great manager, we had a lot of goals to to pick uh, pick from, I think, in this particular decade. And the first one I'm going to bring up and, and put on the table, one of my, my favourites, is this is the year that I was born, 84, and it was the Andy Gray header against Watford in the 84 Cup final. One which was, made, you know, how many times do you, do you hear uh, discussions about whether it should have stood or not? Would it have stood in this day and age? Probably not. Um, but surely th- this one is a bit of a given.
2: who's going for his you'd all shut sure up then From on, on Baz, we're waiting for you. Yeah, listen, it was uh, incredible. What a day, you know, and and this goal is the one that basically sealed it for us. Obviously, Graeme Sharp had scored five or six minutes before half time at a well taken goal. Um and this was one of one of three iconic goals actually for me that season. We had We've had Andy Gray's at Notts County when he was about two inches off the floor. Um, you know, in the quarter final, which was a very, very tough game. They were a good side at the time. And then obviously Adrian Heath in the semi-final against Southampton to get us there, which was a you know, a hybrid, such an iconic goal. Uh, Adrian Heath carrying the scally curls off of the eighties. Um <laughs> You know, we're a, a, a brilliantly placed header the past Peter Shilton, who was obviously a fantastic goalkeeper and England's number one and everything at the time. So they were there amongst Evertonians, them big goals, iconic goals. Um, but obviously, Andy, Andy Gray's header at Wembley. He, he tells me, I've spoken to Andy, interviewed him quite a few times, that it's not number It's a clean header. He headed the ball, not the hands. Uh, Tim Sherwood, who just looked terrified of everything. Um, Looked like Dracula was chasing him half the time. He was absolutely petrified. But for me, nothing on with the goal. Trevor Stephen, great cross and a clean header from Andy Gray. And, uh, yeah, definitely an iconic goal for Evertonians because it was the one that, once that went in, you kind of thought, it's over, you know, we've won. And it, was def- well, it, was definitely it started that run, didn't it? It
3: was the start, wasn't it? It was the start of
2: that kind of era then, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? It, it was, th- again... You know, for that year. I mean, what a year to be born! You know, gutted that you missed it, but a great year to be born because I was so I had the pleasure of interviewing Aiden Heath this week. Um, I saw that mate. He was really good. That Oh really right. he's, I just love him. He's my he's my boyhood hero anyway. And he done he done ninety minutes with me this week, and it was it was fantastic. But Everton played Birmingham City on New Year's Day, or or around New Year's Day, and we were we were terrible. And we went there and won 2 0. And after that, a few days later, we go to Stoke in the FA Cup, the start of this, and won 2 0 there. And that was the day that you'll have all heard there's blues. Our Kendall opened the dressing room window and said, Do it for them. And we were singing. And, and I remember my dad taking me and my brother there, and we were kids. And it was unbelievable. And we, from a team that was there at the bottom of the league, we went, went 18 games unbeaten, 18 league games unbeaten. And, and that was the momentum. We lost the Milk Cup final to Liverpool, which we should never have done. and But we had our chance to write it a few months later in the FA Cup final. And, and that Andy Gray's goal was the culmination of that team, just really on a roll. And, and, and us as Evertonians went that at the net, even though there was still more than half an hour left. Now, that for me to be as comfortable now as I was then, it'd have to be the 95th minute <laughs> of three minutes at a time for me to actually believe we'd win. But then when that went in with 30-odd minutes to go, you just knew it was over, and and the party started, and it was uh, unbelievable. So a lot of blues will look back at that and just go, "Yeah, what a what a moment that was." I think yeah, I think think that's sad. You know, it's it's been
1: so publicised, hasn't it? The last the last few months, especially with Howard's way, and you know, there's there's been so much more coverage if you like available to to many many people who maybe haven't seen haven't seen all of the uh, the goals and the games, and obviously the interviews are a are great arty with with all the ex players and. That's you know there were so many in this decade to choose from. I mean, you could probably go through game by game and pick a pick a goal in in some of those seasons that you want to put on the list. But they, say the Andy Gray one, you know, exceptional, won us the cup, made Elton John cry, absolutely fantastic. You know, to 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 go about your business and, and do it that way. So I think yeah, unless unless there's any objections there, I think that's got to be and it? surely it's one which has just got to get into that list.
3: Hundred percent. I think also, Baz. You mentioned a great shout actually uh, a couple of years before that. In terms of more of a, you know, absolute class goal with Sharpie's volley against Spurs in eighty two. Uh,
2: rewatched that the other day. I mean, that's some goal. That one. it's One of the best goals I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of goals. Um, just one, and, and take that anyway. You know, Van Bast. Yeah, you said to yeah, me, Van Basten. Bast- Bast- it. it was yeah. incredible. I think absolutely unbelievable volley from where he was and he flicks it on which is mad and uh, and sharp it past Ray Clements as well he was an un- incredible goalkeeper into the top corner it was just it was amazing and now they would they'd show that every single week you know and, and it's one of them if Messi scored that or Ronaldo yeah, yeah. but it was an absolutely unbelievable goal so lads if you haven't seen it go and watch it because it's just it's ridiculous how good it is honestly it's it. Uh, get away. You. Go back to your game. It's um, it's an absolute brilliant goal. So yeah. I was the only young lad it? then, money. he was only a young lad coming through he, then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, 2021 20, 20, Yeah, similar to Dom now. Yeah. Mm. Scored a lot of he scored a lot of good goals that year. I think he ended up with fifteen. He scored half a dozen volleys from outside the edge of the box. He was unbelievable. But um yeah, that goal was a, was a classic. Talking of Graham Sharp, it is one of
1: Pete's. This is definitely made uh, Pete, One of Pete's picks, this and that was the uh, that famous that famous goal I was in the uh, October was October twentieth eighty four, it not? Um, what what an absolute absolute pearly of a goal! It's it's rewatched and showed time and again to you know for Everton fans, and it's one which is written in Everton folklore, and that that's a goal which which is absolutely. Super
3: iconic in it in the fact that, like you said, it was on Am- cop end, I think, wasn't it? As well, cop end, oh, Ro- no. yeah, yeah, sorry, Come. mate. Well, all, what, I, what I want to mention there, though, is, is is Stevens picked him out. That's a cracking ball, but as good as the volley is that first touch behind Loro as well. That first touch on his left foot is set him up there to have the crack as well, isn't it? Because you know, that, that's not an easy ball coming over your shoulder, like took it on his left foot. And then, obviously, second touch, bang. Grobler, absolutely no chance. It's one of those ones in it we've all scored in where, you, you know, you hit it sweet ah, and it just dips, dips about, you know, looks like it's going over by a mile and it dips viciously at the end on it. So it was an awesome goal. Um, but you said, Baz, he, he was famous, was for scoring quite a few goals. Like he, he loved to volley,
2: didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
3: super yeah. technique.
2: Super technique. Um, I remember he scored one that never gets showed against Leeds in the same season he scored the Spurs volley we beat Leeds at home 1-0 he scored he scored the same kind of volley from outside the box it was unbelievable but that Liverpool goal first win at Anfield in 14 years they were the they were the best team in Europe by an absolute mile um, which made that Everton team incredible because not only did we have to overcome a team who was good in our city we had to overcome the best team in Europe to do it you know European champions at that time Went to Anfield, you know, and, and put on a, a brilliant performance. And, it, and Everton showed the full game again the other week, and it was fantastic. And, like you say, the ball by Gary Stevens, the first touch and volley at the Anfield road end. Lee, just get that Sorry. embedded. Sorry. Uh, windmill man was on the pitch <laughs> and all that. And uh, it was a great, a great, great goal, worthy of winning any oh, derby and unbelievable.
0: Yes, mate. It?
1: What are your thoughts, Phil, in regards to obviously the, the, that era in the 80s? It's its a time when obviously I, I can't think back to it. You know, my, my first probably are bad memories of, of watching Everton uh, probably early 90s, 1990 onwards really for me. Uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts, obviously, because we, we see all the footage, don't we, all the time and th- this is one goal that, you know, we, we I, I see it constantly. And like like Baz says then, Everton played the whole game, didn't he? We played the whole game a couple of weeks ago where we could watch it all back and you know, they 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 were great times. It's probably it's times that we that we definitely pine for now, isn't it? A, a little a little glimpse of that is you know we we pine for that now. Sometimes I think it's me. I'm the jinx. You know, <laughs> I you know
0: I've been going the Kevin Campbell goal is my my first derby, and I've been ever since, and we haven't won. But what's funny about that is, um. I missed the Kevin Campbell goal because I was only small and went the toilet. So I've not to score exactly. So to <laughs> the Graham shot, it's one of those when he when he's touched it, I think he knows that's going in. You know, as he's touched it, and like you said, it when you hit it sweet, sometimes you know. But I think when he's touched that and it's up in the air, I think he knows that's that's going in. And to do that at Anfield, and um, but like you said, just just to see. Um, those days, again, would, would be magnificent. I know we're trying to build a, and things like that and we have done in previous seasons, but it hasn't kind of worked out. But the, the names you're reeling off, you know, it's just mouth when you see them on DVDs or you see them on the big screen before the game and all these iconic goals. But that one, that, that's definitely got to be got to be in
1: there, definitely. Well, th- that, that season was a special season, wasn't it? You know, the 84-85 was so, was so special and, and it, it moves us 90 forward on set. His his strike partner in in Andy Gray. We mentioned already a couple of Andy Andy Gray. has got obviously the one against Wofford, and you know he, he scores he scored these these headers, didn't he? About a half an inch off the ground when you, you should really just be slotting with his right foot. And and one of those was one of yours, Baz, that you mentioned, silly, and it was the Sunderland eighty five game. Uh, lovely move as well, wasn't it? Lo- lovely moves a bit on the build up, but another Andy Gray header from about half an inch off the
2: ground. Yeah, I mean, it's Peter Reid with a turn of pace, which is the, the, the one that, you know, you take away from that. The uh, collector's item, but no, it's a brilliant goal. Ball down the line and Lee picks it up and Meg someone runs round him and whips that cross in. And Andy with a dive header. We actually, we actually went 1-0 down in this one. 85 seconds, Ian Wallace, Heather. And I remember at the time, sat in the low bullens with my dad. And we were that good at this time is that when they scored I remember saying to me dad oh made up they've scored that'll make us play even better now I'd have no nails left and I'd be throwing <laughs> my arm and fuming and you know but at the time you just knew that that would essentially wake us up um, and that performance was incredible Grace scored another diving header in the same game from a, a Trevor Stephen cross on the other side between in the top corner but that one where he does brilliance and, and crosses it for the equaliser was Absolutely unbelievable and typified Andy Gray and typified just how good that team was at that time. They were in the groove there, and Sunderland got a pace in that day. And, and it was instrumental in going on, obviously, to win the league. And the, and the most frustrating thing about that team is that it didn't do the double first and it should have done it, should have done the treble. We, you know, we won the league, we won the Cup in this cup, and we should have won the FA Cup. Another day's rest, and we'd have won the FA Cup as well. So, but that Andy Gray goal, incredible. Is, yeah, is, some, is it, some,
1: some, sorry mate, go on. Sorry, just <laughs> gonna just jump jump in there quick. Is it iconic because of the how good the team were at the time, the the fact that he edited it from where he edited it from, the build up to the goal. What what's what's what do we think is, is so iconic about it? Me? Anyone who wants to jump in really, no, yeah, I, I, there, I think, I think
3: it's iconic like like Baz said there, that team was something else, wasn't it? And, you know, the goal, it's not just that goal either. You know, like I've I've seen the highlights of that game. And obviously, he scored four minutes later. Another header, like you said, near post, flicked it in the top bin. And then, to me, me, the best goal in that game, even though it doesn't get the same, you know, in terms of iconic status, is is Trevor Stevens. Because that ball, that volley pass from Bracewell is something else that, you talk about saying if you know if they they'd show that a million times, if that was Beckham or something like that, you know what I mean? Mm. That first time volley out to Stevens, and then Stevens skins him and then bangs it in the top in, in, in the top of the net. Then he so, but I think going back to the goal itself, I think it's, it's, it's iconic because it's classic Andy Gray, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, he scored a few like that. Um, Reedy really with the whip passing, um, almost like Baines, like really, and then whips it in and then. It's a, it's a cracking, cracking goal. But also, it's worth mentioning as well, they had, they had two offside goals that were very close as well, weren't it? I know obviously mm-hmm. you battered them, but uh, if you look at them again, they look, VAR nowadays would be tasty on those, <laughs> wouldn't
2: they? Hey, VAR, they've been on me. They've won everything for about five years. Don't worry about that. Some of the goals... You know, we've had the, the milk cup the year before with Alan Hansen having a game of basketball on his line. So I think we've come off, become off worse... Mate, trust me, you come off worse without having VAR. But uh, now you the, listen to Trevor Stephen goal. The yeah. pass by face well, the first touch by Stephen, come inside the defender and to it with his left foot was unbelievable. But like, like you know, that ask the question, why is the first goal iconic? Like well, it just to me typified everything that team that that team was at that time: power, pace, uh, bravery, skill. Just everything all rolled into that Andy Gray goal. And it was the equalising goal which then set us... And, listen, look at the limbs. Look at the limbs yeah, in the street. When Andy Gray had to... You just look and go, yeah, I want to be back there. Because yeah. it's absolutely amazing. But I put that on, a, that, class, that, that
1: on. That goal on. I think it was uh, was it yesterday I put it on. Um, and, and seeing the Gladys Street. Obviously, you see footage from the 80s and... And you know the, the crowd is just absolutely incredible, isn't it? At times, is the, There's people doing cartwheels and going over about 15, 15 rows and all that. You know, it's just it's just incredible when you see that kind of footage. Because because now it's it's nothing like that anymore. The game is it. You know, it's a totally you'd, you'd almost say it's reserved. It's it's massively reserved now compared to what it was. You know, twenty twenty five years. Well, no longer. You no know, 30, 35, 35 years ago, and that. Yeah, that's it's it's incredible, really. But it moves us nicely forward. You mentioned Trevor Stephen, and you know, again, that that season, we you know, how, how, how good it was, and the Trevor Stephen goal against Bayern Munich, eighty five. It's you know, this is this is the one where you know we we one nil down, you know, we're, we're going out of the the Cup Winners Cup, and you know, we, we we turn things around in the second half, and this is this is the goal that clinches the tie, and this is the one that I always always remember and it was the famous Howard Kendrick quote about sucking the ball into the back of the net i to do all the work for you basically in, in that second half and that goal is is for me for, for that particular era and I know obviously you're discussing goals you, you scored in finals and things like that but that goal is the goal of the 80s for me for Everton Football Club it's just something which sticks in my mind I don't know what everyone else's thoughts are on that but it, that's massively iconic isn't it
2: and he wants
3: some, some game, some game. Some game. I wasn't there. My dad was there uh, with his brother, and he said, literally, he's never seen anything like it in terms of an atmosphere at Goodison. Um, he just said it was unbelievable. Obviously, one 0 down, they would scored a goal, took it well. The guy took it as well because he went round Southall, didn't he? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he, Southall one on ones was very good. Took that well. Um, but second half, I mean, Baz, you just summed up Everton there in a nutshell in the eighties: power, pace, skill. Heart, desire, everything. And that, that that was basically summarized completely in that second half performance on it. Um, they absolutely destroyed Bayern, who were you know a top
2: side then as well, weren't they? Yeah, well, many said they were the best they were the best in Europe at that time. They were the people had them better than Liverpool, Juventus who, who won the European Cup um that year, obviously in very difficult circumstances, but that second half, yeah. I mean, I, I told Southall when Nev, they, when he interviewed me, he should have saved his first one. I was surprised he let him because he had it and it slipped out of his grasp. And, and Dieter Harness, it was who knocked it in at the street end. And I remember bunking off school and getting the 46 to Goodison and standing outside for hours and was in about five o'clock. It was berserk. The ground was full about six o'clock. It was mad. Um, and the noise I've never, never experienced noise like it again like it since. Um but that's the good thing with that team was if you wanted to play footy, we'll play footy with you. If you want a scrap, we'll have a scrap with you. We don't mind. We'll do either. And um he come out that second half and absolutely blitzed them. And they were a the top side by the way. And we absolutely blitzed them and the Trevor Stevens goal was just was the icing on the cake. You know the reverse pass by Andy Gray into his path and to run through and have that much composure in about the eighty fifth, eighty six minute. I think it was from memory, uh, and to think it over, John marie Faff. was one of the best goalies in the world at the time. Uh, obviously, wasn't the best because he was at the other end, um, and to clip it in at the street end and just run away nonchalantly, wagging the finger, you know, to send Everton to the first ever European final was just unbelievable. Unbelievable goal. The true
3: I one think- of the <laughs> players got left behind. The team left behind them. I'm sure I heard a rumour, the story. They were they were so upset with losing that game. They got off really quick and left one of the players behind.
2: Them. Is that true? I, I, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. They, uh, you know, Apparently, they were in a rush to get out of it. You know, Howard Kendall had, uh, had, and Andy Gray had, had a couple of them in. You've heard Reid's story, haven't you, about kicking the wrong man in that
0: one?
2: Yeah. It's just absolutely brilliant. You know, fella blonde, fella done him. And he said he couldn't yep. focus on the second half because he just wanted to get him back. And he, because uh, his leg's bleeding. And he ends up smashing one of them and threatens him. And the fellas say, <laughs> it's the wrong man. It wasn't even him. You know, he chased <laughs> this kid down for 40 minutes. But it wouldn't surprise me if they'd have left someone behind, though, that they, uh, they weren't best pleased by, by what had happened in that second half.
3: I think Sheedy's ball as well before Gray was a class ball as well, was it? Outside of his left Outside. foot. Yeah. Uh, straight in, set 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 him free, and then obviously a lovely reverse from Gray. Um, but I mean, it, you know, my dad—that's the reason I'm an Evertonian. A lot of my dad's side of Blues, and like he goes on about that team, you know, over and over and over again. He's almost disillusioned by the team nowadays because he just keeps on comparing it to that. And he and he was saying like, you know, he was a left footer. My dad played at decent standard than that, and he he loved Kevin Sheedy as well. I mean, but but tricky Trev on the other side. You look at the footage. He had great feet as well, didn't he? Two footed, you know,
2: just skin people for fun, didn't he? Unbelievable player. Again, nowadays you're talking hundred million for him. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Both play both sides quick. Great with both feet. Great in the air. Work uh, worked hard. Had everything. Great temperament. Um cool under pressure. Everything, absolutely everything. Where did left. you get him from, Paz? Was it from Burnley? Burnley. Burnley, 300 right. grand, yeah. He turned Liverpool down as well, so that's yeah. always good. He played against Liverpool a year before in the uh, League Cup semi-final, two-leg Burnley had got there, Liverpool beat them over two legs and he was brilliant. And, and apparently they'd said to, to Paisley, like, you know, he's the one we want him whatever, but he didn't go there at the time and, then, and he wanted to play for our Kendall, so we got him and... The rest is history, as they say. He was uh, absolutely brilliant. He only left because, obviously, the European band, the team broke up. But don't forget, went on to play for Rangers and Marseille. He was brilliant. You know, gone abroad and was absolutely outstanding. But the two younger lads at the top. You know, I mean, what? what what's your? F- I mean, I shouldn't really be asking these questions, but I'm gonna go. What's your <laughs> thoughts on on that third goal as as younger fans? You know, and, and the the way you took it.
0: Just, just seeing it again, like I said, when you see it at the match, do you see it on DVDs and you think, and, and people and family talk about it? Like just listening to you lads there it makes you. I wasn't even there, and obviously you see it, but it makes you the, the hair on the back of your neck stick up, you know, because we're all blues. But that was the question I was going to throw. at Yeah, uh, slightly off topic, and to, to all of you, and um, but we relate to the same thing. Does it not infuriate you now? Like the the press don't regard Everton as the big. You know, like or you know, your Man United, you know, your Man, you know, City, Chelsea. That must have really, when you've seen it for yourselves and you've been there and you've experienced, like we said, the limbs and stuff. You've been in there, and and you've all seen it. Does that not infuriate you more with the the squads and the
2: teams we had? Yeah, that's they're my standards. So when I think of Everton, that's what I hold hold the teams up to. So we're we're still the fourth most successful English club, and and with that team. This is why Rob's a good friend of mine, director who made Howard's Way, and he came to me in 2013 saying, I want to make this film. And I was like, please, let's try and do it. And, and it was difficult to get off the ground. But that team has fell through the cracks and it shouldn't have done. Yeah. And it's fell through the cracks because sadly, when Sky was formed, we, although Everton and Philip Carter you know, was very much part of making the Premier League, he somehow negotiated us out of out of being... In with the big boys, which he should never have done, you know. And because Sky was formed and they believe football only started in '92, Everton have fell away because unfortunately for us, we timed that with being crap. So, <laughs> you know, whereas if, if Sky would have been five years earlier, Everton would have been yeah. up there, you know, and, and we would have been revered. So it is massively frustrating. To be honest, it's why we started, that's why I started Toffee yeah. TV. Because Everton were just ignored in the media. We had nothing. We had no no um, video form of talking about Everton. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, I'm going to do it myself then. If if you're not going to do it because we don't yeah. create enough clicks, I'm going to do it. And it was born out of that. But it's massively yeah. annoying when people talk about Leicester City and teams yeah. like that. But, you know, to, to me, I'm embarrassed to hear. It, BT put something up the other week about the greatest teams ever. Leicester were I've in it, it yeah. and Everton seen, weren't included. Yeah, and Liverpool's 1920 20 team are in it now. has <laughs> been magnificent, but they still haven't won anything. Mm-hmm. Everton won everything, virtually mm-hmm. for, for three or four years. So it's absolutely bonkers, our team. But it's because, there's sadly for us, there's loads of Reds who are in the media, loads of Reds who are, who are in Sky, loads of Reds who run BT. So we are just brushed away because... Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I'd probably do it if I was, if Everton were great and I was involved in it. I'd probably go, swerve Liverpool, keep yeah. them out of the conversation, you know. But that is, they are my standards, like Lee's dad. It, it, his standards will be eighty, eighty-four, mm. eighty, 84, 80, you know, onwards, winning stuff, being near the top. And I think the day I drop those standards is I'll walk away. The day I just go, well, we're in the Premier League and we're halfway up, so that's good. Mm-hmm. I'll walk away. I won't bother because. I've seen a team come from nowhere to become the best team in Europe. It would have won the European Cup without even an argument. They've absolutely blitzed it for years. And um, and we had to overcome a team that was plays a mile and a half away from where we do. And we did it. And we can do it again. Whether we can sustain it, you don't know. But Leicester have proved on a couple of occasions it isn't actually that hard to do. If you get a good manager and you just get a structure... And we've got a good manager now, and every one of us should always hold that club to those standards of winning things. Because I think the thing things sorry go on mate.
1: Sorry, Baz, sorry. I think I think the thing about that side is if we're talking about now, that's the side that gives you hope, isn't it? For getting back to you know to successful times and successful years and that that's that's the side like you say, which is set the standard, which is what we we as Everton fans that is our standard and what and what we expect, and that's why all these barren years since ninety five. That's why it hurts it hurts so much, and we've had numerous probably false dawns you'd say over that time as well, where we thought, yeah, we looking we're going to kick on. You know, even Martinez in, in his first season with those seventy two points, and you you know that was a it was a decent young side, played without fear, and the wheels fell off and. You know, there's so many false doors and that that's what we do. Keep close to our hearts almost, and keep at the front of our minds that, listen, we've done it before and we and we can do it again. It's hard, eh? make no mistake, with the, the current landscape, but we can, you know, we can do it again. The hope is still there. Um, but just sort of jumping back...
3: Sorry, no, I just think, sorry to make up, just to jump on that point. I totally agree with what both of you are saying there. I think nowadays, Sky coming into football, you only have to look at the number of teams that have won the Premier League you know what I mean? In 20-odd in yeah. years. You know what I mean? And that, that says it all as well because, you know, it's a lot harder nowadays. The money in the game is ridiculous. Not that there wasn't money in the game in the 80s. There was, but it's different now. And I think, you know, you, you look at the spell that United had because they they came across their sort of team, if you like, just as Sky came into football. Yeah. And like you said, Baz, if Sky had come in, you know, in 85, I think we'd have seen it. You know, we probably probably could have had an era like United did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, and that's not And that's not being... You know, you know, lauding it or anything like that. I think that that's definitely the case. I think we could have built on that and probably possibly had, you know, 10, to 10 years of success on the back of that. Yeah. Certainly with that team, that team is something else. And it definitely would have won a European Cup. There's no doubt about it.
1: 100%. Well, linking, linking to that side, I'm moving on to, to the next the next goal in, in our list is the game after Bayern Munich in the, in the Cup Winners' Cup. And that was the Kevin Sheehy goal against Rapid Vienna. And I always remember the, the, the commentary for that goal and and what have you. And you know, they'd just gone down one end and, and got back into the game at two one. The hands crankle. Yeah. Um, he we popped up with the goal and and then we literally would go down the other end, pretty much and She pops up with, with the third and and again it's it's game over and, and no more than than that side that side deserved. Uh, and we come away with
2: our, our first and only European Sophie. Yeah, it was the response, wasn't it? You know, Hans Bertunel up and cruising. And um, Hans Krankel, who's, who was an Austrian striker, scored a lot of goals around Europe, pops up with a goal late on. And you're thinking, "Was oh, this going to be a little bit edgy because it's been so one-sided? And we we basically kick off and work it to sheets. And he just, because it hits the underside of the bar and goes in, it always makes it look better as well. And uh, and and that was the icing on the cake, a wonderful finishing, and, and that was our trophy. And it was, uh, you're right, absolutely iconical. Whenever you're thinking about goals, I think goals that clinch cups are always should always be. Then, especially we're all sat here. I mean, Pete's not even looking. That's how interested he is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> only messing, mate. I'm only messing. No, but I, when when we're talking about barren years and not winning a lot of trophies, those goals that kind of clinch those trophies should always and probably always will be held up as iconic goals
3: for me. 100 percent And you know what stands out for me in that is Cluffy's the co commentator in that game. And obviously Cluffy was held in high regard and rightly so legend. But it felt weird to me listening back to that, just how much love yeah. they had for that you know someone like Cluffy you and every time he speaks you listen. Mm. And you know, he was talking with such affection about Everton and all the goals and the way they were playing in the game. And I'm listening to that I'm thinking I never hear that now. No, and when you hear that 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 love from a guy who's not an Evertonian, but obviously is well thought of in the game, you know, and you're just thinking, I've I've not heard a
2: commentator speak about Everton in those terms. You know, he was saying we and us and yeah, he was in in them days. It was listen, you know, disclaimer. I went and seen Liverpool bring the European Cup back and clap them the Everton shirt on, and because in the eighties there was a togetherness. I remember being. This has never happened now. By the way, I don't want Liverpool to win a a, a raffle, you know. So it never. But in the eighties, I was made up when Villa won the European Cup. Remember being made up when Spurs won the UEFA Cup in eighty four, I think it was. Forest won eighty. You know, European Cup made up. So it was it was us. It was England against Europe. So whenever there was a, a English team in a final, you wanted them. It was just the way football was. You wanted them to do well. So Clough kind of went over and above. Then he was talking about Everton dominating for years. This team will dominate European football for years. That was what he was saying. Three months. Yes. We hadn't even won the thing. And he's talking about, he said, this is the up-and-coming team in Europe. He said, they're unbelievable. Played against them. They played us off the park. They're one of the best teams I've seen. They'll leave Liverpool standing, blah de blah blah de blah And we, we go and win the cup was set up then to go on for success and through no fault of our own, it's stripped away from us. Um but amazing. I mean
3: I, I think the worthy worthy mention there is Sharpie as well, because Sharpie got two assists in that game. Yeah. And uh, you know, the first one, lovely pick out, wasn't it? You know, he's gone round the keeper, could have gone down, didn't, and then he clips it, he picks out he picks out Andy Gray, didn't he? Yeah. Uh brilliantly. And obviously lays on the goal for Shees as well for for the third one. So you know, he had a great he had a great game in that in, in that particular game. But it, it, it is definitely worth mentioning that you know the love and affection. I think even when they lifted the trophy, I think the words were used like "done, done our country proud" or something like that, wasn't it? Which goes back to your point, Baz, which is how it was thought of wasn't it. Then?
2: everyone was in it together. It was weird, and it was a different time, obviously. And and seven subs have changed the face of football um, more than we'd ever know. Really, it, it sounds a mad thing, but if you think about it, in the eighties. There was teams who had brilliant players, and you couldn't stockpile players. So clubs, you know, I remember teams coming to Goodersnitch, which town in one of my first memories coming to Goodison and destroying us because they had a team of seven or eight, nine great players. Nowadays, United to pick four of them and put them on the bench, or Chelsea had stockpile six of Southampton, yeah. and he'd never get near the team. And you know, that's the that's the difference. And I mean, Phil, what what's your thoughts on? See these goals?
0: again, it's like the last couple of goals. Just hearing family members talk about it all the time. Um, again, watching the DVDs, watching it on the big screen. It's just, it's, it's it just when it's like you said, when it's the crossbar and it's the inside of the bar. It, it does make goals better. Than, I Don't care what <laughs> anyone says. It, it just does. Yeah. Um, and like you said, to clinch, to clinch a trophy, uh, trophy and things like that. It's, um, it, it, I think it stands above any goal. That for me. Personally, uh, playing myself and things, and I, I don't know. Might we talked earlier about like passing goals or the whole team and things? But I, I just think to win a trophy, knowing you've won the trophy, and and again, it on the side of the crossbar. I think that's got to be up there's an amazing moment. That really,
1: I think. I think when when you speak to people, when I've spoken to people this week, and um, we've, we've interacted and so on, and the when we sort of look to try and define iconic, a lot of it always goes back to. You either you either win the game or you win something is is what they'd say. So we we brought up a few goals from games where we might have drawn or or what have you, and and people always sort of go back to well, it's got it's a, to be iconic, you've got it's got to be something on the line so to speak, um, and that's why this this decade of the 80s was was you know this, we're awash with with goals to pick from because we were so successful. People have got such fun memories of games that they've they've, they've travelled across Europe for, for example, because we've gone and we've won things. Very, you know, whether it's travelling to Wembley or we're going to across to to Rotterdam and things like that. There's such fun memories for people, and that's why they sit not only in people's minds. You were there and you were growing up and you were alive and so on. It sits in our, you know, in in our minds and younger people's minds as well because they see it so often. So. No, there's no no shadow of a doubt. That that goal has definitely gotta be gotta be in that list. And another player who, who was you know part of this, that side and, and, and the winning side in the ACs was a certain path. and Howe and, and he crops up on our on our list of potentials. Uh when he, he scored that winner uh against Norwich it was eighty seven uh when we won the league and the day Howard Kendall fell off his chair in the dugout.
2: Yeah. The day. Adrian Heath said this the other day actually in the interview that uh, he, he makes them laugh when he sees that back like missing his chair and falling but now, again we're talking and the iconic ones it's great this because the iconic goals are, are mainly when we win trophies at the moment and it's outstanding because it's going to dry up obviously but it's an iconic goal because it was the, the clinch yet of course, it was at Norwich it was I'm thinking it was a Monday Think when we won it um, I'm sure it was like a Maybank holiday I haven't looked at the date, I might be wrong on that but I'm sure it was and a, a ball comes in and there's, it's flicked on and Pat who didn't score many goals just smashes it into the roof of the net and again that feeling that that's enough, this team is good enough and ironically the year before we'd had a better team in my opinion and we'd, we'd lost the double to, to the dark side um, and I thought, I thought that team was better than this 87 team. The 87 team, we've had so many injuries. We play great football at times, don't get me wrong, but it was more of a squad game. In 87, the squad won it. Whereas 86, the team was incredible with Gary Lineker, but what an achievement to, uh, to win the league again, second time in three years. And that, to me, is such an iconic goal. That was that was, yeah, you're
1: right. I was about, sorry, sorry mate. Just just that, that was quite an early goal in the game, wasn't it? it was the first or second minutes of the
2: game or something like that? F- about five minutes in, I think, that as was far five as a, minutes. It, well, you you might listen, it might be quick. I'm just going. I honestly haven't looked back at this, so I'm just going off memory at the time, but I think it might have been in the first five minutes and and you know, just like I say, such a, to see it at the roof of the net and from Pat van hours as well. It was uh, such a, such an iconic goal.
3: Well, it's worth mentioning that I think what you said there, Baz, the eighty six side the year before, definitely should have won the double there, shouldn't they? I mean, you know, Linna what Linuker got,
2: what did he get? Forty goals that season, didn't 40, he? got thirty league goals for, and forty goals altogether. He was he was unbelievable, unbelievable honestly. For one season, the best Everton striker I've ever seen in terms of giving him a chance it was a goal. And the, I said this a few times recently on our stuff, our videos we've done we've done the best 11 best all time ever and 11 that we've seen is the caveats. Obviously, people have put Dixie Dean in and all that. We're not that old, but Gary Lineker what Gary Lineker got in mind because he's quite simply the best striker I've ever seen. Because the Oxford game is only talked about because it was the first time he missed any kind of chances, and that's why it's remembered. Any other time, any other game, he'd score goals. Uh, Everyone will always, your dad will do this, Lee. He'll talk about Oxford, Oxford yeah. away. Les Phillips yeah. and and Lineker missing those chances. He forgot his normal boots and blah blah blah. It's because it was literally the only time he missed any any uh, chances. Unbelievable, sad. What type of player was he? I mean, obviously Lineker went on to have a fantastic career. Obviously
3: went went to Barca. You know, was was phenomenal for England. Um, I was talking to my dad about it. He, said he he wasn't just a poacher, was he? I know he was clinical, but he had a bit of pace as well, didn't he?
2: I was lightning. He was weird. He was the. He wouldn't score goals from outside the box. I, I, I don't think he could have reached the goal. He'd be hit it as hard as he could from outside the box. But you give up all over the top and he was in with the keeper. And he was that player that when he was in with the goalie, it was a goal. you know. Yeah. And that's why, again, that's why the Oxford game has spoken with such... People can't get their head around how he had five chances and missed them all. And if you go and watch it again, you're looking at it in disbelief because... Every time I see some of his chances, I think this one will go in. And I know that they don't, because if you look at his goals, the, exactly. the biggest regrets I've got from that season is there was a television blackout from September till January. And it, it's lost loads of footage of Everton and it, it's heartbreaking because they were... Un- and him, he was unbelievable, honestly. You think Lukaku was good at goals? Nothing. He was like... Next level. Next level. Like, like Yakubu on drugs... <laughs> he was just unbelievable at scoring goals so calm killer analogy out. yeah just you know that, yeah
3: that. he was a top player and then the thing is you know he went I think am I right in saying he ended up going to Barca because Kendall
2: thought he was essentially going to follow him there as well is that right yeah yeah the only reason he left he, he said he said himself he, he, didn't, he wasn't expecting to go and Howard sold him because he'd signed a, a pre-contract with Barca to also go that summer Um. And they decided to keep Venables. So we thought that he agreed to sell Lineker, which is, uh, which is one of them. But then Adrian, he told me the other day that he'd had an offer from Chelsea, I think, and he was leaving if Gary would have stayed. So he'd stayed and scored 15 mm. goals or whatever, and we won the league. So it's it's one of them. I'd right, not heard right, that right. before. I didn't realise since he was so close to leaving. So, Well, Lineker was unreal, honestly. If Lineker would have stayed. If we'd have been in Europe, we'd have kept them all and we've yeah. no doubt done well, um, done very well out of it. Well, think- he said
3: himself, he, he came out recently, he said he watched Howard's Way, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he said that's the best team he'd ever played in. Yeah. And has played in some top sides, including oh, international, do you know what I mean? So, I mean, that, that's a statement, to say to say the least. Mike, are you going to yeah. mention the Adrian Heath one? It
1: was one, it was one that was brought. yeah, that was brought up in regards to Heath, at Oxford, and the, and the goal he scored, uh, which arguably saved Howard Kendall and, and kept him his job, and you know, and like like we've said, I said a few times today that the the rest of his history, it's definitely worth a mention in regards to, to goals and iconic goals because it's you know at the end of the day, it probably made us decide that we that we were and, and, and that we became
2: and, and how successful we actually were. Yeah. I mean, that's such a again, an iconic goal. You know, Peter E does fantastic, puts Kevin Brock under pressure, he knocks it back, and she skips in round the keeper and gets us a draw. You know, we're getting beat 1-0 with eight minutes left. This team had this team had beaten Manchester United the round before, at the Manor ground. Tight, horrible little ground. Um, and he gets us the goal, and we, we go back to Goodison and batter them 4-1 in the replay and into the semi-finals of the League Cup, and It was such a huge goal for us. Um, Yeah, iconic, most definitely.
1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast.
3: Three blues. Three opinions.
1: One Everton Podcast.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.